lot of people with interesting accents have lots to say about England. Um, <laughs> well, that probably get us into the show. Welcome to <laughs> Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities. Curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia, that weirdo with me, when he's not trying to stomp on Raphael and Donatello with his mutated combat boots, is Gavin. Okay, and this weirdo with me who's not trying to shrink Michelangelo and Leonardo with his shrink ray is Hess. Ah, uh, correct. Sh- uh, shrinkity, shrinkity, shrink. Is from what I can remember from the arcade game. Bebop had the shrink ray. Yeah, it sounds right. Little tiny, little tiny guys. And we are here too, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console to the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop, unknown to the other presenter, and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers at home... Uh, quick reminder, check out the Instagram at OopsAllMonsters, uh, exactly as you think it might be. Uh, and today is a me episode, so Gavin has hopefully brought us something for the brief but edifying segment that we like to call... Villainous Vocabulary. So Gavin, what do you have for Villainous Vocabulary today? I've prepared a couple because I don't know if I already did um, pandiculation. I don't think you have. I have have a good head for this, and I don't think... An involuntary stretching of soft tissues. Wow. Which occurs in most animal species and is associated with transitions between cyclic biological behaviors, especially the sleep-wake rhythm. It's stretching in the morning. Oh, oh, it's pandiculation. (laughs) Well, diculation should have... (laughs) Indicated me toward some kind of movement. So, you know, uh, anything yeah. that ends in eculation is, uh, you know, uh, something that the extremities are going to be doing. Gesticulation, perambulation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that when yeah. you see a cat He's wake a... up and do the big lion yeah. yawn stretch. Yeah, I think that's specifically like the the big example for what it is oh, is a cat. Pandiculation. Going, huh. Yeah. Well, I will say I don't think this episode is going to have any um cats or lions, but it is going to have a hell of a lot of stretching of soft tissue. Uh this special <laughs> extra special they Christmas holiday edition. Merry fucking Christmas, everybody. To Merry fucking Christmas. This episode where, if you're not paying attention to the format of this show, Gavin does not know what the subject matter is yet. Does not know what it is. No, not at okay. all. Okay. Well, thank you. I really, a I, candid feel. I really like that of vocabulary, <laughs> and it is going to be bizarrely indicative, even though you didn't know what today's topic was of today's topic. Um, Gavin, I'm going to do the imagine, if you will, or rather I'm going to do something instead of the imagine, if you will, I'm going to put you on the spot and do a quiz where we can talk about, I would like you to see if you can list what you think the five scariest horror movies you've ever seen are not necessarily the highest in quality, not your, not your favorite. But if you were like, if you were going to grab a 15 year old and show them a movie that they had not seen and it was a horror movie and you're like, this is going to, I need to, 
you need to be fucked up by the end of this evening and you had five well, chances. What would you what would you roll into the room uh, as the substitute teacher onto the big metal cart with the VCR TV combo and slap in there to really wreck somebody's world? I'm not sure which I would do first, either Doom Generation or Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> okay. Well, let, let's uh, let's stick to specifically <laughs> horror movies. Um, okay, horror yeah, movies, yeah, yeah. yeah, not just movies. Yeah, not not just upsetting <laughs> shit. Like just because not just, just upsetting because shit. Doom Generation yeah. ends with um, surprise, everybody, a, a genital uh, evisceration. Spoilers, spoilers, yeah. spoilers. Um, it, it can be a very upsetting <laughs> movie, but it really isn't a horror movie. Probably. Yeah, that's true. Well, All yeah, because I would play Doom Generation then Gummo. <laughs> no, not. So we're not talking about no, the not show just upsetting movies. Bad fucking time. Yeah, not upsetting <laughs> indie movies from okay, depressed okay. Uh, yeah. directors from the independent movement of the mid nineteen nineties. I should have put way more thought into exactly what you're saying since I knew what you were saying. I still I had to say that. Okay. Um, sleepaway Camp. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Sleepaway Camp. You know, I've met her at a convention. She is a yeah. big. Um, she's a big conventioneer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm bet. not gonna be. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Sleepaway Camp uh, starlet named. Why can I not remember her name? I had her. I think I had her sign some of my shit. Uh, Felissa Rose. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I knew it, that it, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that she's like. She's pretty milfy in the modern era, and I say that in the most and I say that in the most friendly way possible, Florissa Rose. I'm I'm not trying to reduce you into um, some kind of um, internet meme. You I, you you are a, oh, one of the most delightful people that. I've ever met at a um, a horror yes. convention back when I used D to go to a lot delightful, of iconic, and attractive are three things that you need to be. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy because. Um, if you have not seen Sleeper Camp, genuinely do not listen to me say this. But actually, you know what? I'm going to say say it without saying it. The end of it causes the reveal, something that, about her character to make her seem like a very unappealing, like, 12-year-old at the end of that movie that probably yeah. would not may, be like, man, I definitely want to bang that person later. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not well, necessarily it's something that makes you a lot more attractive. <laughs> Right, it's um, it's a nasty scene, and there's some genitals, yeah. and it's in a and in a it, not good way. And it, it turns out that the that what you what you thought about the mystery was likely totally true in one way, way, and then in a yeah. secondary way, yeah. not true. Sleepaway Camp is <laughs> you find out at the end was actually an incredibly elaborate gender reveal party. Yeah. Um, it was, <laughs> It was pretty, pretty. You didn't laugh it out that at all. That was actually a solid joke. This is why I need to get. Jeremy. I know. I need to I get was... Jeremy onto this show to actually hit the balls back at me that I throw up to be knocked out of the park. <laughs> well, I I thought it was hilarious. I watched it at a time where um, <laughs> my appreciation of movies and art were along the lines of um, still like Adam Sandler movies. So yeah. like <laughs> the end of that movie to me was hilarious and awesome. And okay. like, I wanted to show it like that. That's as far as that went. Um, All right. Well, anyway, we're only, we're only in one game. out of five examples of <laughs> a, a, a thing. that's not even part. It's a major precursor to even starting the main part of the show. So let's get to number two. Okay. Scary Tromeo and Juliet. 
Okay, Tromeo and Juliet, which I have seen, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, and which, of course, is um, one of the... Okay, so I guess that's upsetting. I don't remember why it's upsetting, but okay. You're, you're definitely taking these in a way... The, in a way that I could never have predicted these. So this just blows right through to three. What's three? Um, three is Event Horizon. Okay, this is a little bit more like um, what I was expecting. Event Horizon, um, yeah. classic Sam Neill torturing event. Um, yes. Isn't isn't Event Horizon based off of a Clive? Isn't a Clive Barker joint in terms of its writing? Did I make oh, that up? I don't up? know. Is um, I, oh, I'm, just gonna I'm just going to type, is Event Horizon <laughs> a Clive Barker joint? Consulted. Sam, Sam Neill did all of it. Uh, technically, Clive Barker consulted on the project during okay. pre-production. I was not totally 100% wrong. He was involved. Uh -huh. All right. So Event Horizon, about a hellish dimension being found in deep space inside of a black hole or... So, yeah. I don't know if that's exactly not the right nouns. I'm close enough for government work. Definitely scary as fuck. Honestly, I say I think it's the scariest Hollywood movie of the 90s event horizon for sure. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, there might be, you know, OK, like you could go if you go outside of the box. Technically, this ended up being a Hollywood Hollywood movie. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Blair Witch Project some on some level might be the scariest. But in terms of like rewatchability, fuck no. Event Horizon all all the way. Um, yeah. there, there's probably some independent bullshit about some woman named Janet being eviscerated in a basement that nobody watched. But like in terms of movies that people have seen, Event Horizon, scariest movie in the 90s, I think absolutely. Yeah. Well, um it's, it's the the top competitor would be Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Silence of the Lambs very upsetting. Yes. Yes. Silence um, of the Lambs pretty in good. fact is might be like the the bad part about Silence of the Lambs is that you have to be watching it for the first time in 1996 through 7. <laughs> Why you think I I mean I've watched yeah. it I, I I love it every time. I think it holds up. I have no problem. Oh, me with too. It. Of course. Absolutely. I me have no too. It's just it. that like watching Silence of the Lambs this day and age for the first time, you're already going to know about like tons of horror. Oh, shit. yeah. I mean, it certainly has yeah. it, 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 it is getting a little bit of the Citizen Kane problem where so much of yeah. it is taken for granted. It seems cliche because yeah. it was so brown. It was so groundbreaking that all the subsequent cliches were made out of it. So you're yeah. like, I don't get what is so great about this. It's because you can't tell that every single good idea about scary serial killers that was put in movies and TV was stolen from this. And you, yeah. know, you, you can't see that it's a <laughs> it's at the bottom of a fountain of like yeah. cool serial yeah. killer shit that's just hosing yeah. all over culture. You're just like bukkakeing all over culture's face for like the next <laughs> 25 years. So yes, um, Silence of the Lambs, absolutely. Also big, scary West Virginia movie, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Both in the origin of the character and some of the locations. Because yes. FBI. Because um, FBI. All right. And so you got one and more. You got one more to try to to ring the bell. Uh, ooh, um, well, it's a it's a tie between the Hills Have Eyes and the Thing. Okay, I can say that. You mean the original uh, Hills Have the Eyes original from the nineteen eighty? I'm gonna yeah. say eighty five, eighty six. Yeah, um, not the not the action adventure shooter. 
That big fucking um, guy that's on the VHS cover with the with the pointy head. Yeah, he he's also at every horror convention I've ever been. Um, yeah, that's that's what you were saying. Gun. He's he's really nice too. I hope he's still alive. I don't know. I shouldn't call him that. Michael John Berryman is his name. Michael John Berryman. I forget what he has. Uh, he has some kind of condition that causes the um, the odd shape of his dome and him to be like totally and completely hairless. So anyway, yeah, yeah he's a, he's a cool guy, and yeah, um, the weird cannibal looking dude on the cover of that that was in every VHS store. I was ever in my life. A, a post curse Fomori. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> we can't fall onto the, the Fomori topic right now, or we'll never get this know, fucking okay. episode done. God, All right. So yeah. I'm going to okay. say, anyway. I'm going to say that from your list of five, it's an interesting list. I would not have put Tromeo and Juliet on there to try to ruin anybody's <laughs> life, but it is well, a, really it is a gross. It is an interesting list. Yeah. It's um, so gross. It is gross. It's scary. Yeah. Um, for me, Definitely The Thing would be on there. Um, yeah. Silence of the Lambs, maybe. I, I think of Silence of the Lambs as being so cerebral that I don't know if I would necessarily try to wreck uh, a room full of 12-year-old oh, girls having a sleepover with it. Fucking, um, uh, it's fucking terrifying. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. The The Thing, absolutely. Uh, you're, you're, the Thing and Event Horizon, we, we're t- on complete agreement on there. And I love yeah. Silence of the Lambs. I'm not dissing Silence of the Lambs. Um, Sleepaway Camp is great. It is just, um, it, it, Sleepaway Camp is a movie that you think is like a two, the whole movie, or maybe yeah. a one and a half. You're like, what is this dumb, pe- like yeah, what first, is this stupid first, garbage? first person yeah. POV murdering somebody with a boiling cauldron of soup ass movie. Yeah, like it, it's like a, a Halloween ripoff. Yeah, it, it really gives off the, like, blood-sucking pharaohs in Pittsburgh kind of vibe of, like, what the... Are you making fun of this kind of movie? And then it pulls this random-ass juke and dives the football in over the goal line, like, right into the corner with a crazy audible pass that you were not expecting. And you're like, what the holy shit? It's the rare movie yeah. where they actually stick the landing on the bizarre... Um, M night Shyamalan twist at the end. You were like, Oh damn. So that's why I can't give out yeah. that spoiler. You just got to see Sleepaway camp. If you have not. Yeah. It's like, um, oh, I really also, should have seen that coming. But yeah. The way you could have, you, you could, you weren't going to see that coming. Like you might've <laughs> seen part of it coming, but you didn't see all of it coming. And I mean yeah. that in a very specific way. And the audience is going to get me or they're or they're, yeah. you know, a generation alpha. They have no idea what I'm yeah, talking like, about. Go oh, watch it. You'll know killed which, her brother. Oh, she is her brother. <laughs> you'll know which thing it is when you see it. Literally. All right. Um, so none of those was the movie that I'm talking about here, Gavin. I'm. I would say my list would include Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Absolutely. Yeah. My list would probably also be um, the original John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Um, my list. You know what? Both the Hills Have Eyes are very good. I've talked before about the how the modern Hills Have Eyes. The character that plays Lizard, who has this like sexual attack yeah. scene, is whoa yeah. God, he's good, and that that scene is sets the tone for the rest of the movie and drops the gauntlet and says like this movie is going to be rough as shit, and it, it never really rides back up to that level, but it it really makes the movie very scary. I here's here's the thing, I'm gonna when a uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 
is always going to be on my list for me because that movie just fucking wrecks people's minds because you don't, it's so such a slow burn for the first, yeah. I think it's like 30 to 36 minutes before leather, Leatherface shows up on screen and kills, yeah. uh, kills that first dude on the porch or like runs yeah. out of the porch and whacks that dude and then pulls him back into the, the butcher area and looks around yeah. like the fuck. <laughs> and, um, I just love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's nothing, there's almost nothing better than it in, because it's, it, it's a, it's a weird movie where it's, it seems like it's a slasher movie and in a way it is an iconic slasher movie, but it's yeah. really, truly psychological and, um, uncomfortable and, but movies that kind of just like grin in your face, like a new metal video are not my style. And, and you get, sometimes you think that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that, but it really isn't. It's like, it's like deranged characters that are genuinely acting deranged in a way that feels just plausible enough that you can really buy into it. Tech. I love Texas Chainsaw. It is. I I can't hear anything bad about it. Well, the problem, the problem I had with it, the beginning of it where the uh, crazy guy was in the van with him the whole time yeah, and like hitcher, being yeah. weird and annoying. Like, I know that guy. I know several versions of that guy in like real life and like that it, that is like the non-serial killer version of that yeah, guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I know, I know this guy. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. I, get, I get why he's scary, but like also I've had to deal with this guy before. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never met his um, yeah mute cannibal brother. Um, yeah, <laughs> some, maybe we'd have to do a Texas Chainsaw episode sometime. And even though the thing is, it, it, pin it or pin it, um, uh, Leatherface is not a monster because he's yeah. just as we mentioned before, he's just a guy. He's a guy with some mental yeah. illness who like wears his mom's face, which is like very upsetting. <laughs> but it's not a it's not a monster. It's just um just a big, yeah. just a fat dude who doesn't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean that's uh, just me. <laughs> and you've only you've only eaten like four or five people. So I've only eaten a couple people. Yeah. Um. Well, here's the here's the last movie that I would put on my list. Um, okay. A def I my list of five. If I was trying to, um, get a bunch of um, generation generation alpha kids to not be able to stay the night at my house. Cause they all have to get a, a ride home <laughs> at 1230 from um, just mania <laughs> and agitation. <laughs> I, I would, one of them that I would play, maybe the last one is uh, the original 1987 Hellraiser ah. uh, starring Doug Bradley as, um, as uh, Pinhead. And See, I was gonna say that I I had a feeling that it would have been on your top ten. I was confident, which yeah. is why I thought that throwing darts at the top five might have hit us there. But this is an example yeah. where the audience can really believe that we are not um, orchestrating this in advance. I yeah. you know because if we were playing that, you would have, you would have rung the bell. I have seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. <laughs> Beyond any terror you have imagined. 
A nightmare. No. Unlike anything you have witnessed. The 1987 Hellraiser is so fucking upsetting, but it's also kind of a boring ass movie. I don't know how this is like simultaneously possible, but do you, can you, do you, how much do you remember the actual plot of Hellraiser and not just like the scenes where Pinhead shows up on screen and says like. Fucking all of it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I thought. Yeah, that the- I love the Hellraiser movie. It's, yeah. um, it was, see, th- this is also another weird thing. Like I was going to not do the Hellraiser movie i was gonna do the remake and then let you have hellraiser at some point in time and i guess that just happened (laughs) Uh, well here's here's what i actually want to do for today's episode because i'm really slow calling it is today i actually want to cover the cenobites from the 2022 modern adaptation of hellraiser oh okay so i don't know if i fucked up your whole shit but no, d- it doesn't does, matter. Does I that, didn't have anything like ready for it. Okay. Anything, does that like, mean that yeah. you, so I'm assuming that means you've seen this year's 2022 Hellraiser from Hulu. This, yes, uh, I have. Uh, okay. Well, how, what, what was your take on it before I pollute your ideas with my opinions? My take on it was that it was really good. Okay. Um, there wasn't anything wrong with it. Uh, so much as like um a standalone movie like if it wasn't based on anything yeah but the the bar was set really fucking high uh-huh. and it seemed like what that movie did was negotiate that there wasn't a bar and like please don't please don't set your standards so high please <laughs> <laughs> interesting okay yeah, I yeah. mean, and I, then, I will. I and will. Then, yeah, and it go worked. Go, like okay. it worked. I watched okay. it like it was its own movie. Okay, cool. And cool. Um, yeah, the uh, the uh, another thing that I thought about it too was that they really should have had like an actual addict give some points about like what <laughs> f- fucking terror is <laughs> because they could have made that scary as shit. Yeah. Well. Okay. Good. Cool. So I'm gonna say that we're pretty much in agreement because I really like this movie. Um, I didn't, I didn't, uh, you know, I don't, as, as somebody that has this kind of like, um, hyper focus and interest in monster movies and horror and shit. I'm not one of these people who's like in the Reddit's pages, looking at every new thing that comes out and be like, we've got another look at this, your favorite monster before the movie comes out. Like, I don't do any of that shit. I didn't, I was not polluted with a ton of prejudices, except for as someone that was a fan of some of, but not all of the original um, Doug Bradley as pinhead films from the eighties and nineties and beyond, because definitely don't watch all of them. Cause there's a lot, there's like nine or something. Yeah. I don't know. Seven. There's too, uh, there's too many. There's about, there's like about 12 of them. There's a Jeez. fuckload of them. And most of them yeah. are slow as shit. And it's just Doug Bradley, like putting on a world war two, uniform and looking at some old photos and crying. I was sometimes it's worse than that. Sometimes like a, a the camera crew gets like CDs shoved in their head and now they're and it's Well, sucks. don't worry, CD's going to come up later. Um <laughs> the, 
But okay. But as fans of the original movies, I would say if you're not a Hellraiser person and this convinces you to be interested in Hellraiser and you're interested in interested yeah. in the originals at all, watch one and two and then you can get the fuck out. If you like one, watch two. Yeah. And then yeah. that's it. If you don't like one, run away screaming. Um, but they have a very um, voracious fan base. I think to a great extent for good reason. One being they're just not yeah. like other horror movies. And yeah. like some people have said, and I will also reiterate, I think the primary reason that they're not like other horror movies is because of their monster, quote unquote, the the the, Cen- the group of Cenobites that shows up, um, different ones in different movies. These things that may be demons, they may be angels, they may be interdimensional monstrosities that are neither of those things. Not yeah. having a true definition to what the Cenobites are is one of the main things about them, and that is... Angels to some, <laughs> yes, to others. But this is handled, I think, pretty well in the new 2022 movie, That since we're talking oh, yeah. about that. Another thing, uh, the thing that they did well with it was that they treated it as if people already fucking knew... Because everybody already fucking does. And they use that to its benefit. And, like, they didn't piss around a lot with, yeah. I would say that they, the the director, um, the director of this modern version is a guy named David Bruckner. I don't really know. I didn't look into him very much. Uh, but he, I'm going to say that I'm going to have to refer to him a lot because I'm going to say mostly positive things about how his his version goes. They do a dance where, kind of like you said, where let's establish that there's a bar that the fans of the 1980s original movies are going to have in their mind of what they're expecting. And instead of trying to jump over the bar, he kind of just like walked up to the bar and like snapped it in half and like threw it to either side and was like, we're just going to, we're just going to navigate this through with a, a different strategy. And I don't yeah. mean by avoiding the good things in the original. I think that yeah. they made a good... Yeah, he did it the right way. It went around the <laughs> obstacle yeah. in a creative way and adapted the things that needed to be improved and also added things that were a good and, I think, to a certain extent, necessary addition. But um, we'll get to a little bit more of that in a minute. So the the film, I'll simplify it real quick. You know, this recovering junkie who takes quote unquote pills um, is this young 20s girl. She kind of looks like maybe from uh, from uh, from uh, Arrested <laughs> Development. Right. She's kind of like a she's kind of like a hot junkie, maybe. Right. And she has she lives with her brother and a bunch of other um, like late millennials or, you know, young, young yeah. New York people. Is Oh, no, it's Boston people. They live in Boston. Yeah, and, and but even though none of them have weird accents, so that's fine. So they're you know they're yeah. like university Boston people, and then that's another thing that they negotiated around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, if if Pinhead came out talking like, I don't know how you're gonna su- <laughs> yeah. suffer in ways you won't even fuck up life. Got a wicked fucking nail gonna put in your face. You guys are gonna suffer <laughs> like nobody <laughs> suffered. For a thousand fucking years. You don't even know about the kind of suffering you're going to do. 
hooks and chains up your ass, and I'm going to fucking pull on them so hard. Yeah, Bill Burr you're, as you're Bill. Gonna, you're you're going to suffer forever. You think you were not prepared for Lady Pinhead? You have no fucking clue how unprepared you are for Bill Burr Pinhead. It's yeah, like Bill he's just going to he's, he's going to do Bill a, Burr is Pinhead. He's, he's going to do a 99 year set at you. I know, that's what I was that saying. You can't turn down and you can't turn off. Um, angels to some, you know, demons fuck them. Bankers. That's the real torture. Fucking bankers. That's the real one. That's the real That's one. That's how right they there. fucking get you, folks. <laughs> That's how they get uh, you. That's how they get you. All right, so. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so this this girl, she's probably in her mid-20s. I don't know. But she's in recovery from, from quote-unquote, drugs. And what the what the, the smartest thing that the people are always in recovery from drugs do is they shack up with some other drug person who's in a re- an apartment that's way too nice for them. Um, but this yeah. is a Hollywood movie, so that's not totally bizarre. But I'm like, how does this junkie with no job live in this amazing, amazing condo apartment thing that's all like exposed brick? Say what? No, she lives with the it's brother, a, but the boyfriend, you know, the, like, oh, the, boyfriend. The, like, the boyfriend guy, Trevor, that she's like right, gets into right. the trouble well, with. He lives alone in what looks like an yeah. 1800 square feet, like modern part concrete, part exposed brick, just kind yeah. of like playground. It's, it's revealed how he gets his thing. Yeah, though. right. But at the time, I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is this? Yeah, is, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. is this like stigmata where this woman that works at a salon works <laughs> is no, it's infinitely better than stigma. She, yeah, she's, de- she's definitely does hair, but has her own, you know, 2000 square foot apartment at what appears to be the 18th floor of a building in Manhattan. I'm like, okay, come on. I know this movie has fucking yeah. demons and, and Christ magic, but there's no way you get that rent. Even in it's 1998 the, the subway scene in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But anyway, Stigmata. anyway, she gets embroiled with Junkie McJunkerson Trevor and it like gets it gets thrown out by her brother slash roommate, who is the same person. And they're and they're then yeah. they're like non specifically LGBTQ friends. And she's like, yeah. oh, I got to go on a spiral. And they go on a spiral. And Trevor, the junkie friend is like, OK, I know this weird rich thing that we can break into. that's in a building that nobody goes to. And she's like, that sounds uh, shady as fuck. Let's do it. So they steal this thing yeah. and it ends up being a safe with a weird box with another weird box in it. And you're like, that's the box. Don't touch the box. And they're like, let's, let's touch the shit out of this box. And yeah, let's touch the shit out of this box. <laughs> Listen here, Miss Fancy Nancy Goody Pants. I can do anything I want because I'm Sheriff Bronson Stone. And this is all my stuff. Even this stupid puzzle box, which doesn't seem to have any use whatsoever. Yada, 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 yada. Pinhead is coming for him. And then they reveal Pinhead and her friends. And I, so Pinhead in this movie, and I should mention the fact that this, this film harkens back to the original source material of the novella by Clive Barker, The Hellbound Heart, which may have not indicated Pinhead slash the priest's gender because Pinhead was not canonically called Pinhead. They didn't even like say, they don't even say the name in the movies. They just, oh, yeah, just no. everybody just knows the character yeah, was, by that name. 
But the character is te- actually technically thing, called yeah. the priest. It's just like in these situations, yeah. the crew and and fans of movies have to call the character something. So you pick something real obvious. But the priest slash pinhead, who is now portrayed um, by Jamie Clayton, who is, uh, if you're not aware of it, not a dude, but a lady doing a lady yeah. pinhead, shows up with a coterie of bizarre-ass fucking nightmares that are yeah. um, pe- used to be people, now bizarre interdimensional travelers who are, you know, licking the plate of pain and pleasure clean at all times yeah. and are strapped with their own flesh and muscle and sinew and random pins and wires so that various parts of their viscera and flesh and parts are pulled to the wrong place so that they are in a constant state of maximum suffering. What is it you pray for? Which is, and, and, yeah. and in a, uh, in a nutshell, that's and what a, that's what a Cenobite is. It's like you took, yeah. you like, you got a pleasure knob and a pain knob and you've dialed them both up all the way to maximum. You turn the, yeah. you turn the pleasure knob kind of back down to halfway and then cl- somehow you smash those knobs you together. Click the pain one up to 11 infinity. Yeah. You, yeah. you grab pinhead <laughs> by the nipple and twist it over to 11. You're yeah, like, and- you put in, you've been in so many details and then so many like, uh, images and, and like costumery of just like blunt forceful pain uh-huh. that it becomes not quite overwhelming, but just like, Oh shit, look at that. Yeah. And like in chatterbox is with them. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes. I will get to the exact <laughs> list, but um, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting that in this film, the, the main protagonist is a, a version of junkie because that was not really, that's not what was going on in the original 1980s film. And I think that, I yeah, think that no. the, I think it, that it was a very delicate princess. <laughs> yes, I think that the making the main character a drug um a drug user is strong and if anything that that is one element that they underutilized. Mm-hmm. Because yes, it was. because the thing about the thing about orienting your character in this world to be a drug user is it gives you the same power as making Brody terrified of the water in the movie where he has to go get the shark is it, it makes yeah. it gives you a protagonist who is perfectly designed to be terrible at surviving a situation in which they must be brave. And that yeah. was not really exploited in the film to a great extent. Now I, I yeah. think the film is awesome. It's scary as fuck. They make all sorts of very interesting creative decisions. It makes sense, which is not a thing that always happens in a Hellraiser movie where you, the building blocks of like, okay, this happens. And then that happens. And that, that is a consequence of this. And, oh, he's still around and this person is trapped in here and the bad guy is still uh, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, if you did not see this movie, hang up the phone on us right now. Go watch it if you might watch it because it's it's kicks ass and we're going to spoil a whole bunch of this shit if we have not already. Come with us. So the, the, the Cenobites pop out and you're like, what the fuck are these things? So what is a Cenobite? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to rip it up and staple it back <laughs> onto our own face. Uh, right now, um, it's th- make it re- make it repeat a uh, uh, vicious uh, 
the idiosyncrasy that that they wanted to get rid of. What, in my opinion, one yeah. So, in my opinion, one of the most interesting things about this movie is it is a really good example of adding new Cenobites, which really fills yeah. in the bouquet of the lore of Hellraiser a lot more robustly. And it would it needed to be pruned for a long time because we started to get some Cenobites. You're like, what the shit is this guy doing in here? Get him out of here. Um, and yeah. and we have a a pretty yeah. short list in this movie. And we're going to go through, I'd like to go through them. And uh, Gavin, I'm excited that you have actually already seen it. So I'm not going to be telling yeah. anything. that's going to wreck your um, experience of seeing it. So obviously, <laughs> well, actually, let's throw um, Pinhead and the Priest back to the bottom. And we'll, we'll start with everybody else. So we've got, you already mentioned Chatterer. And Chatterer yeah. is based off of an original Cenobite from the old movies called Chatterbox with some modifications. And uh, the main feature is that the, and this is not uncommon in Cenobites, but the skin around the mouth has been flayed away so that the constant Doberman grin of their exposed jaw and teeth is just there. But the constant like um, sound design nightmare of the like thing from the original films yeah. is, is not really featured. Um, and uh, <laughs> Chatterer, while terrifying and in a bunch of scenes, actually is the one Cenobite to be killed via the metaphysical, um, well, metaphysical, we'll get to that later, but the um, magic slash attack of the lamentation box itself. So through yeah. through um, trickery and uh, a very good dexterity roll, one of the creatures manages to, to to stab Chatterbox with the blade on the lamentation box, and the centibite attack comes for it and rips it asunder into like nine pieces. You're like, oh shit! Didn't yeah. know that was possible. That was really fucking cool. And that is going to be basically the only instance where a centibite in this film is. Physically defeated. It's just not a thing that happens. Yeah. They seem to have, um, at least in the older movies, they seem to have an ability to endure uh, pain and damage that is superhuman. Yeah. That kind of comes they, along they with their suffering aspect. Only be affected by like the laws of uh, cosmic metaphysics. Yes, which is definitely going to come up in my yeah. trying to determine yeah. what is up with Cenobites. So yeah, hold, Chatter hold that thought. Yeah, Chatter also was played by a guy named Jason Lyles, who is a motion capture guy uh, that played the gorilla in Rampage. Oh, shit, cool. That's hilarious. Man, I wish that movie made me want to watch it, because I sure didn't. Like, like they really tried to... They made that movie seem like, this is going to be, like, a good movie, or we're going to try to make it seem like a good movie. And I'm like, why? Why? How is this not a comedy action? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. If you don't that's, realize that... You don't want to be serious about the video game Rampage. No, nobody does. <laughs> it's a movie where you're a giant lizard and you get to grab a naked lady who's making a shower and fucking eat her for extra health. It's not serious. Yeah. Dude, you don't need to jump from building to building as... You're, the hero should not be some random roided up fucking dude who like yeah. slams Hawaiian energy drinks in his spare time and drinks and eats and yeah. eats like 9,000 collars a day and jumps out of helicopters. <laughs> the hero should be fucking Ralph and he should eat all the fucking <laughs> like showering ladies that he can. God damn it. Anyway, 
that's enough on Rampage. I will Rampage about Rampage. Um, hashtag Rampage Corner. <laughs> hashtag Never Not Rampaging. All right, so what the fuck was I talking about? Executive dysfunction. You're talking about Chatterbox. Chatterbox. And into some another one. We're already here. The next one is the Weeper, which in this one yeah. is I think the Weeper is one of the late one of the female ones. And but the yeah. point is, apparently this is the toned down version where they didn't have time to add all the extra fucked up shit to this one, which is crazy because it's like like crying blood and has like all sorts of parts of it ripped apart. Also, all, all these are naked. You know, if you have a, an image of the Cenobites from the 1980s coming in with their cool, like goth duds where they're all wearing like weird matrix, like capes and dresses. Yeah. All these motherfuckers are naked. So if, if they got genitals, they're like sliced apart and pulled back behind their earlobes. Like it's, it's super not yeah. great. I didn't mean to cause you any pleasure, which causes me pain, which Gives me pleasure. You know, Pinhead used to be have holes in his cool leather outfit for his nipples to be like pierced through and all that shit. Ain't none of that going on. It's all skin and bone, folks. It is gnarly. And that is uh, one of the, I think, the, the primary improvements in the creature design is that they are all parts. It is, there is, there's nothing but parts and except for a um, kind of, there will be some metal pins there will be some wires. Um, Pinhead slash the priest has these weird kind of like collectible pog shapes in her throat that seem to that kind of give the impression of, I don't know, perhaps like a collar or something that is used to control the Cenobites. You see yeah. what I mean? Like it, it, it seems yeah. like, like almost something that would come in a cereal box in the 80s, like, but it's just got a random yeah. glyph. I would say that's the word I would use. It's got like a glyph on it with no obvious yeah. significance. That's probably like, that's probably means something. Some, yeah, some fucking production designer there had to like explain what that was to somebody else. And, um, but <laughs> no clothes, you know, they have armaments that are, uh, they have structures that are kind of architecturally organized to maintain their suffering. And that's it. Um, and the yeah. weeper has this terrible mechanism where they can or will have these wires retract and their arms will split into smaller, weirder arms with some fingers yeah. over here and some fingers over there. There's a finger. Here's a finger. It's all fucking <laughs> terrifying. That's super not great. Um, well, we're going to get, yeah. I'm going to move on because this list is going to take forever. Otherwise the asphyx, um, also yeah. referred to by some fans as the Weezer, um, for all of you rivers Cuomo's heads out there is, uh, <laughs> is, is this, um, character that is naked because all of their skin has been strapped across their face, including their nose and mouth such that they're in a constant yeah. state of restrained breathing. And until toward yeah. the end of the movie, their hands are pulled by these other vicious wires into a prayer position in front of their chin until um, yeah. events occur where that is let loose. And then they just become like a fucking like a, a super flappy dappy, like um, like wet cat in a target at 1 a.m. Nightmare killing machine <laughs> starts to like, yeah, because one of one of the things that I think is um, kind of weak about Cenobites in their portrayal is usually thanks to the complexity of their makeup job. They tend to just stand and orate. 
they don't generally yeah. run at you at full <laughs> speed and like bite part of your face off, right? Yeah. And yeah, that yeah, yeah. that unleashing of the Asphyx Cenobite to just run across the fucking room and go like, ha, 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 I'm going to fucking get you until like a wall was thrown down in front of him. That was good because it gave you a sense of like some of these are just fucking rabid dogs. <laughs> and and it, and I found that to be actually a strength and not a weakness in terms of overall um, creature design. Nice hooks. Where, where'd you get them? It's very common for depictions to say that the Cenobites have ambiguous or unknown gender but it it does yeah. appear upon inspection that if you check the gender of the person playing it, that it does match the intended gender, or uh, I'll put it this way, actually, the intend- intended sex of the Cenobite, whether or not it can be said that they appropriately yeah. have sex anymore since now that they've been, you know, whatever genitals they have no, are now all the, fucking the, yeah. super wrecked. The pleasure realm, uh, <laughs> if the, the the sexual sensations and pleasure realm for sex for a Cenobite is something that you don't really want to get into. No, and it doesn't no. involve. And in this um, movie, there are your standard. Genitalia. And in this movie, <laughs> thanks to the like no cool industrial matrix outfits, there's a few Cenobites where you get like a long sustained shot of just like a a junk set that is like I. I yeah. I had to look there because my eyes needed to check, but now I'm not. I have to look away now yeah. because there's bad stuff going on there. There's no music in that. There is so much more the body can be made to feel, and you'll feel it all before we're through. Uh, it's yeah. not, and that's it's not a sex negative negative thing. You're just like I don't, I don't. I don't want to discover another detail about what I just looked at. That is double plus ungood. That is super, super, yeah, super it's bad. Like if, if normal sex was, uh, if normal sex was like a kazoo, <laughs> then Cenobite sex would be an orchestra. <laughs> yeah, like a, a saxophone filled with chum or something. Like it's just really, yeah. it's, it's very not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, a, ch- a ch- it's, Yes, a zoosophone filled with old baloney and, you know, like cat teeth. It's just super, just not what you want. It's not good. Enough is a myth. We will not be denied. Grooving on down the road past the asphyx, we get to the Gasp, who is very clearly uh, uh, a more feminine Cenobite from this list. And yeah. the Gasp is kind of... Pinhead slash the priests number two, um, because they yeah. have the most lines and they kind of do some some pinhead style, um, you know, orating and uh, mental torture, and they appear to be really there. You know, they're the Riker to the Picard that is um, Pinhead. No way, we got you. Not a chance. The old one had one too, who was deep throat, and which is like extraordinarily similar. And yes. I think Pinhead and the Gasp are Pinhead and Deep Throat. Yeah, right? I and like it's not a rewrite or anything. It's not not even really like a reimagining. It's like it's like these are those. Yeah, characters. I will come. I will. I will put a slight pin in that. In that, it, based off of my observations and research, I would say that the Gasp is Deep Throat in terms of visual design with some of the elements from the character of Angelique, who is like a later, um, who's a later Cenobite, who's like the daughter of 
the actual Leviathan, who is like the evil god yeah. that, that is the whole eldritch horror of the realm of the Cenobites, whether that is hell or, you know. Um, or what have yeah, you. Yeah, or, or uh, whatever cosmic. Northern uh, New Jersey or yeah. whatever you think. Well, I don't know. The Gasp has kind of like a nun's habit made out of her head and shoulders. Yes. And the the uh, Deep Throat was supposed to be a nun. Yeah. I mean, I you're definitely, I mean, it, defi- it definitely nuns. is based off of Deep Throat. I think there's just a little bit of weaving yeah. of some of both of those elements into it. But um, regardless, it definitely is based on Deep Throat. And um, we have uh, a character that you can still tell is Asian, which is interesting. And... Um, and a, a very upsetting, there's both an upsetting quality to her voice. And then also you go like, why is that so upsetting? There's like, I can see their vocal cords um, because their throat and upper chest area is all flayed out in this kind of like, kind of, um, yeah, very gross vaginal way. That's very common among Cenobites where there's kind of like predator this, mouth. Yeah. 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 That has this real, <laughs> you know, fish diamond pulled away skin. Yeah. Bullshit. Um, you know, well, there's, there's a, there's a large difference between like, um, predator mouth d- describing something as vaginal and like actual vaginal. This is predator mouth vaginal, <laughs> yeah. like like characterized grotesque vaginal. Yeah, uh, not well. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way: know. it's a it's a it's a wet diamond shape with la- layers yeah. of flesh inside of it that are red. Yeah. And pulsating. Yeah. And so they're gonna they're gonna be they're go- they're going to be and wheezing <laughs> and just. <laughs> Bitching about all the work they have to do around the house, but no, like, <laughs> no. The point is that there are just oh, certain shit. visual combinations of things that imply other things. So when you know there are, how would I say there are apertures, there are holes that look like other kinds of holes. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you slice somebody open and pull them par- apart from two sides, and you get a weird diamond yeah. shape that has fl- flesh color around it. And red pink stuff inside. I've, I've always just this movie I've is just kind of don't watch this movie if you don't want to see stuff that sucks to look at. It sucks to look at most of the time. It's like a movie where yeah. a bunch of junkies are stressfully running around arguing with each other, it, it interlaced with a bunch of shit that is really rough to look at. That is uh, now that I think yeah. about it, kind of doing a very good job as a metaphor. For the junkie slash, you know, drug abuser who is lost in their own, you know, drug mania and paralysis metaphor. Like it 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 does a really yeah. good job of actually conjuring the ongoing anxiety, trauma and disorientation of being a thing. proper it, it, drug fuck up. Yeah, it does, but it could have it could have absolutely crippled audiences with that shit. Yeah, because like there's a lot to addiction that and 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 um, strangely enough, I've known uh, and and I myself is included in this what I'm about to say, but I've known a couple of addicts and a couple of like alcoholics who have specifically wished that they could have a Cenobite visit them. And take them from this hell to another one. Greater delights await. We wish to see you proceed. I, if I, 
and I would say that you're full of shit if I did not know some of the weird alcoholics that you have in previous iterations of your yeah. life hung out with. Because, um... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's been, like, a real-life fantasy uh, parallel to, like, people with addictions and Hellraiser. Yes. It's, like, um, kind of like a, a big, blaring thing that was obviously needed to be put in the remake. So, like, good <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah, well, I'm... Here's... Here's, you know, this is kind of a, an end of the episode, you know, over, you know, meta com- concept about like, what is Hellraiser about? And I I think that I think yeah. that Hellraiser succeeds not in being a movie necessarily about how Christianity is weird, which it, it definitely does succeed at that. Um, but I think more so Clive Barker tends to, you know, t- hammer these conceptual pins in, in ideas that, (laughs) that actually hit, they, they hold an idea there that is a very strong metaphor. And when a metaphor is very strong, sometimes you can spin it this way or spin it that way. Like we've previously covered, um, Candyman, which is an, which is another case where his original concept can with a little English be, pulled in one direction and then be about the marginalization of the black community in 1980s America. Thanks to, you know, uh, the systemic abuse of, you know, their cultural and economic circumstances. So, uh, but that wasn't necessarily exactly what his idea was about because his mal, his idea was strong and so strong that it was malleable. And, as a person yeah. who's not a student of the original nov- novella by uh, by Clive Barker, I can't. I I have a feeling that this adaptation is a better adaptation because that relationship of a character that is the the only way that you could say that Pinhead and the Cenobites make sense is from a deranged mind's point of view. And thus, this version yeah. has an essential aspect to it that just being a shitty adulterer in a cheap suit in the 1987 version doesn't get you to. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like just yeah. just drinking old wine and banging your friend's friend is not generally enough to some summon demons to return you to a yeah. state of a flesh absorbing, skinless monster, right? Who is well. I, I don't know. Didn't didn't they kind of allude that Frank was like eventually like this this um uh William Burroughs adventurer seeking hashish in like I, yeah I don't type, I don't I don't know. yeah sure I, I they but like if anything it feels more it's still, tacked yeah, on yeah, if yeah. anything where in this movie it's central to the main character's yeah. perspective in the whole film which makes it inherently stronger yeah. you know what I mean you her being a junkie yeah. is constantly on your mind when she's on screen. And that makes the movie better. I would, I would say that the, one of the other strongest things about this movie is that they do something with the effect, the series of digital effects that, and I, there must be some um, practical effects mixed in this, but when the, the Cenobites arrive on scene in every case, it's not like the original film where, 
you know, a big blue light comes in the window and the fog machine comes on and Doug Bradley steps out of a closet you didn't know was there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, there yeah. is a more like um, what's the what's the movie where they're in a dream inside of a dream with, uh, you know, with uh, with a. Uh, Tom Existence. <laughs> Existence, you fuck. The, the, the one with <laughs> Departed in it, you know, and Tom Hardy. Inception. Inception. Right. I'm in a box inside of a box yeah. inside of a box. Well, like, yeah. there is a very kind of, dis- there's a kind of Inception um, way that the, there's almost like an origami effect where a door suddenly shifts in dark and the things inside of it change color, but then they twist in this very psychedelic but subtle way that drugs actually make you see things twist. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, am I looking yeah. in a fucking medieval dungeon? And then I turn around and the rest of the fucking room is a medieval dungeon. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then when all these fucking angel demon things step into the room, you're like, okay, kind of makes sense now. And also you can drive away from it in a van and it will chase you. And the, and and yeah. I particularly <laughs> like that. I particularly enjoyed that because yes. it's not like yes. it's not like you know Pinhead wearing an industrial cloak like a cyber goth in two thousand and five, and he's just like floating down the road at twenty twenty eight miles an hour holding a box. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this bizarre yeah. this bizarre warping of reality itself is kind of like grabbing yeah. chunks of the the road behind you and waiting for you to trip up kind of Jason Voorhees style because you inevitably will. And then the space in the back of the van extends from being about seven feet to being about 75 feet and turns into a stone hallway from 500 years ago where a nightmare machine with no skull walks in, tells you a little parable, and then two other guys grab your friend and start ripping them apart with wires. And you're like, holy fucking shit! It's really, oh, god damn it! (laughs) And it's good. It's actually really good. Your brother's ending was exquisite. Would it bring you comfort to see him again? Experiencing the DTs at age 22 is similar to that. Right, and the thing is... (laughs) <laughs> that that the 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 protagonist being a person with a uh, a fractured mind yeah. where they are constantly doubting whether things are part of the damage that they have already done to their psyche or that fucking reality bending nightmare demons are ripping open reality at the seams and poking their weird little fucking bits at you is happening it it pushes yeah the plausible and the implausible farther together, which makes the whole film more, more viable or swallowable, whichever is the more upsetting verb that you would like. And, and that's (laughs) altogether a good thing because it puts this film way more in the, uh, in, in the likely and the like, not, you know, a a dollar DVD that, you know, some 12 year old is never going to pay any attention to like this will have a new layer of cultural resonance that all the weird uncles will not be able to get their 16 year old, like sons and daughters to watch the old one. Right. (laughs) But we're still in the fucking list of all, we're still in the fucking list of all the goddamn set. Oh, right. Right. So we got to do like, we covered all the main ones. All right. But we've got the mask, but spelled, as in yeah. masquerade, 
Moss paper faces work. on parade. And now we're at the well, now we're kind of at the um in the trough where the, basically you've got characters that have like one line or less and the mask shows up in like two yeah. scenes and it like has like no head but a but a face. It's like I have no mouth but I must scream. Yeah. So I don't know what the physicality is going on there because one of the strongest things it's um about these monsters is they're 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 physically plausible in a way that is extra upsetting. Yeah. And, but you have so few frames of this character. I want to see like, is there a brain back there? It's almost like the face is kind of a, um, a facade, you know, a la like a blazing yeah. saddles or something where there's no, there's nobody behind the, yeah. the front. <laughs> and yeah, there's uh, no people. Yeah. The, I think the mask was supposed to be Frank. Interesting. Because here's the thing is, you, yep. that might sound like you're being a um, uh, conspiracy theorist, but there are fairly strong arguments that the rather than totally being a reboot, that the priest slash yeah. pinhead, and maybe we'll just go ahead and already jump on her as a topic since this is coming up naturally, is actually... Kirsty from the original films, and that's and yeah, which would be a very um trick, you know the the greatest trick they ever the devil the ever, greatest trick the devil ever yes. played was being yes, you was being a protagonist that's been <laughs> dead for forty years or whatever, and uh, and yeah. and that would be very like a very cool ace up the sleeve if they have an opportunity and they probably will because I believe this one has gotten a lot of success, yeah. um. The if they if they get to make some some sequels to this, if there is a canon yeah, if, where if it turns out that that Pinhead is Christy and the mask is Frank and they just kind of mention it and don't really focus on it, that would that would blow my load. <laughs> yes, it would it would uh, wrap a, a razor wire around my junk and squeeze until the yeah. the um unknowable epic of pain <laughs> no. and pleasure that was my ongoing nightmare. Yes, that, that, that would give me the lamenting pleasure that is that the movie ejaculated about. Yeah. me into another dimension, <laughs> void of space and time that is only night and that was only blinding light and suffering. But you know, <laughs> who is that lucky? So after the mask, who's just kind of like a, I'm here. Um, there is also what yeah. is essentially <clears throat> a glorified cameo of the Cenobite just called The Mother, which is kind of yeah. hidden in this votive in this scene where just some other upsetting setting shit is going on. But that doesn't narrow it down because all the scenes are just some really upsetting shit going on. But she's kind of just frozen in this kind of statuesque spot, but grabbing, you know, holding the weight of a of a belly, which appears to have been turned into one of those boats of sushi you can get for like $75 at your local Japanese place. They're like, ah, yeah. okay, whatever's there. Give me, uh, give me, I pull, I'm pulling the ripcord. No, thanks. Um, I would no longer like to receive <laughs> your company's emails. And um, that's, that's yeah. enough to say about that one. But, uh, and then Double, triple layer of spoiler alert. I can talk about this one because Gavin has not seen, has actually seen this movie. We we would technically say that um, the uh, antagonist of the film, oh yeah, uh, yeah. is a yeah. billionaire nightmare guy named Roland Voigt. And it doesn't. I don't know why it is, but Voigt yeah. seems to be one of those names. It's very good for making people awful, right? Like it's 
It really um, is. Yeah, vo- it, like an industrialist is yeah, named it Voight. Just, yeah. uh, it's a good it's a good name for having a lot of like slave based money and and a terrible yeah. degenerate yeah. machinations <laughs> that you, you you know that you cause other people to do. Um but anyway, yeah, sorry John Voight. I you know, I ran into John Voight. He used to go to the same T-Mobile I got my phone at. <laughs> because the thing is I didn't <laughs> this is a long time ago. It was like 2007, 2008. Well, because the thing is, there would be T-Mobiles everywhere, and I lived in Los Angeles. One time I went to one (laughs) right around my work as opposed to where I lived because I lived in fucked up Koreatown, but I worked in Beverly Hills. So one time on my way home, I went into like, I don't know what the fuck. I was like, this this phone doesn't vibrate hard enough for me to ejaculate when I stick it up my butt. And they're like, well, I, I, you know what? I had a lot of people come in today with that exact complaint. And while I was in there, John, John Voigt was already in there just wearing a trench coat, just like looking tall. Yeah. Only exchanges can be made. He's also probably torturing the poor with, um, you know, nightmare contraptions. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Just very, I mean, I'm just assuming. Uh, based off of it's seeing his name. him one time. Based it's off of name. the name. You know what I mean? It's the, his namesake. Why, why, you know, your daughter switched names because she didn't want to torture the poor. Uh, you, yeah. The, <laughs> and that only had positive consequences, as we all know. Uh, so, um, <laughs> why not change the name, John? Why not change the name? Your blood is in our hands now. Kind of primarily, I'm glad that the directors and writers stuck with the with like the general conceptual feel that um, yes, these are biblical demons and angels, but. Uh, Demons and Angels and the fabric of cosmic horror in reality is older than the Bible. So the Bible is based on them, not the other way around. Right, 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 right. So like, and and that concept was carried through into this movie brilliantly. And I love that they did that instead of just saying like, oh, this is Satan and demons. Like, no. Right. Well, there is a, I, yeah. I, and and this is how I'm going to loop into a thing that you you actually said something that I I think is kind of maybe the the underscore all bold um like read this part of it um idea toward the very beginning which is they're excruciatingly lawful in terms of yeah they can't just they just can't run around um chomping anybody up you know what I mean they can't Kool Aid yeah. Kool Aid yeah. they can't Kool Aid man into the room. And do whatever they feel and like. Destroy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They, like, Pinhead is in charge of them. But Pinhead is somebody who has an extremely intense general manager directly above them. <laughs> and yeah. is they do not have the ability to just, like, ah, go figure it out. They're not a mercenary squad. It's not. They're, they're, yeah. they're, <laughs> they are constantly under not uh, there. It's not even that they could like maybe get away with something for a little bit. They literally are restrained. Yeah. Physically and metaphysically by their God's preferences about what they can and cannot do. It's so much so that they can be killed by the box if they are stabbed by the box. Yeah. It's, it's the structure of reality itself. And just because they can bend ours, 
and like do weird things in our reality doesn't mean that they're not uh, a, a a servant of ultimate reality, which yes. is like their whole thing. Right. Like they can understand ultimate reality, so therefore even more laws apply to them. Yeah, they can. And one thing that this pinhead does a lot, which is uh, comes through from all pinheads uh, uh, in all of history, which is. De- debate philosophy with characters that are about to either die or win the day, <laughs> you know, because yeah. Pinhead don't do much in both this version and previous version. Pinhead mostly stand and yeah. soliloquize. That's about it. You know, in a rare yeah. case, this Pinhead pulls one of the pins out where you get to very satisfyingly see that it's like two or three inches longer than, you know, the, the, the depth that goes <laughs> into the skull. And you're like, Whoa, that's a lot more pin than I was thinking and stick it into yeah. a character to get a little bit of a reaction. But for the most part, pinhead stand, pinhead talk. And so you get these kind of like, you know, uh, Kantian or uh, high metaphysical ethical debates about like, you know, it makes these all sorts of these very profound statements. Like there is enough is a myth and all these profound things with a reverberating voice. Yeah. And I will say that I think Jamie Clayton as a, uh, Pinhead does a very good job, and I th- and in addition to being yeah. like uh, an appealing person, also when I see her in interviews, I go, ah, it was a lot of it is the voice where she has this kind of like resonant voice that has two layers where you don't have to put as much modulation on her to amp it up to sounding demonic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you hear her talk, she already sounds like she's been hanging out with Tom Waits in some kind of, you know, uh, (laughs) mythical fish shop on the edge of the forgotten realms, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like eating nightmare foxes in universe, drinking undead whiskey or whatever the fuck. (laughs) But she's got a, she has a resonance to her voice where you could almost imagine a, um, you know, a pain, pin having been attached to it so it vibrates with an extra uh, profundity. Perhaps you prefer perhaps we were wrong about you. You've never sought sensation your whole life. Every conquest all your pleasures. And so she sounds very good and because so many of these characters have their voice modulated in post you go like, is that all post? But when you hear her, you're like, no, 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 that's like easily 60%. Yeah. Just the quality of her voice is very strong. And then she does a very understated thing where it's, she really folds the vibe of the questioning curious pinhead um, script into an extremely restrained and calm and um, at arm's length uh, in, intellectually removed version that has a that that makes sense for these angelic nightmares. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you take the idea of these seraphim, nephilim, post yeah. post morality, pre good and evil, um, pre biblical, interdimensional fuck demon things. That yeah. that I think Clive Barker was conjuring um, in his uh, prior to BDSM costume con- conceptions that yeah. they imply this uh, biblical uh, 
nightmarish adherence to the rules that the Cenobites actually represent. Because the Cenobites don't represent what most slasher demons, slasher characters, monsters that we have in the majority of culture represent. They truly represent a an adherence to the rules and the letter of the law as opposed to the spirit of the law taken to a nightmarish extreme that is so intense that it's, it barely can be depicted visually. And I was, I was a big sandwich. I was a big cheeseburger, but I think, I think that all actually clicked together. Did that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know you know have a little bit more than nothing to say about the seraphim and the nephilim and the various kind of like pre-biblical <laughs> angels that are that yeah. inform like Christian and Judeo-Christian related mythology. And this is not, usually yeah. not a cheese that we chew on that much in this show, but it is particularly yeah. resonant in this subject because the Cenobites are like tickling the balls of those yeah. pre, pre pre you know uh, Christian Judaic concepts in a way that is directly yeah. saying like this is what your shit is actually about. I do not enjoy hell. What, what have you done? Sometimes literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. With hooks. And there's a way that it comes around also because I don't want I and I'm going to this is going to be a double soapbox but the way that the BDSM costumes kind of like build a ramp for us to run our dirt bike over to get to this point in 2022 with these new total flesh Cenobites. I think that yeah. part of that is that when you look at the the leather BDSM costumes, it implies the hmm, sexual counterculture that Clive Barker personally as an actual human being must have on some level had his white Nikes stepped into during the 1980s <laughs> and embroiled yeah. in this, yeah. he, you know, he must have had a mental cauldron of all of these ideas of, you know, old fashioned shame, old fashioned yeah. guilt, old fashioned like being whacked in the forehead with a Bible that being born in the mid 20th century should have been smacking him all over the place as a gay man who is obsessed with the macabre and the bizarre and the dark and the scary. Well, yeah, well, also, um, the the uh, uh, concept of being ultimately lawful by, like, the constraints of an ultimate reality, they would probably be issued a uniform. Right, sure. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Like, in the in the uh, case of the yeah, in the case like, of the old Doug Bradley ones, it's kind of like yeah. There's it's it's it gives more of an impression that there's like a department and that they could flash yeah. their like skin badge. Uh, you know what I mean? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like one of those little yeah. one of those little flaps that's right next to Pinhead's nipples. He could just open, and there would be like a, a section, yeah. a star shaped section carved away, and his beating heart would be under it. <laughs> yeah. Like d- d- department of fucking you up for eternity. <laughs> yeah, I need this expedited. I need this chain evisceration expedited. Yeah, I mean that's that's a hell of a um, you know uh, a very weird, you know, um, like <laughs> a very weird sketch episode <laughs> is the bureaucracy of the labyrinth and the, the Cenobites is, you know, uh, we've, yeah. we've seen them flay your skin. We've, uh, yeah. we've 
we've seen them snap your jaw off and reorient it around a machine that makes you never yeah, be able to what stop. What about the record keepers? The record keepers for the Leviathan so that the Leviathan can analyze the data for how much pleasure and pain people are balancing in their own minds and what. Oh, God. Yeah, all of the all of the <laughs> all of the bureaucrats whose brains are exposed and instead of sitting on ergonomic chairs are yeah. like literally, you know, sitting on, you know, vibrating, flaming dildos or, you know, like, yeah, it's just those standing guys on get the white cloth level. and the Cenobites get the black leather. <laughs> Um, oh, we have to do a little bit of our our favorite worst Cenobites of the sequels. Um, okay. okay, so yeah, I cannot I cannot not mention some of the best worst Cenobites of uh, Hellraiser's past. Um, so, yeah. Gavin, um, I will say that some of the ones that really just because there's a lot of them are just are kind of throwaway. We were like, that was a lot yes, of, there was a lot of, so. th- th- where they're not even that amusing, but there's the, um, yeah. there's the twins who are two, who are two bros who were kind of like masters of the universe, universe two faced, but their heads, it looked, it basically, it looks like somebody took a really big drill and dragged the skin from the inner section of their head or from like their ear and pulled them really tight and then stuck the drill in and turned it on and then kind of turned the middle of their heads into like a Dairy Queen curl where their two of them are mixed together. Uh, but they're yeah. not even like inconvenience where their heads are like pulled right next to each other because of the obvious constraints of having to act in that costume. Yeah. Where you're like, that's there's, dumb. Yeah. Um, some other. There's a lot of like art direction Cenobites that are like, look at this picture that they just made. Yes. There's um yeah. some of the worst ones are technology that have been added to somebody's head or yeah. face like camera head, camera head like camera yeah, head camera head is he's what you think he is he's kind of like a you know what I'll say exactly what he is he's a pre Borg he looks he looks like if you had to do yeah. uh, a dollar store version of a Borg and you hadn't had the idea yet you're like okay that's that that's uh the and 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 that, in a way that's a compliment. But it's not because I wouldn't have remembered Camerhead if I hadn't looked up a list of all the Cenobites ranked from worst to best. Um, another another yeah. one that's similar to Camerhead, Piston Head, you know, which is uh, admittedly not a very good Cenobite, but a, a really good industrial DJ name. I'm not remembering Piston Well, you're not going to remember any of the really bad ones, except for the last one that we alluded to at the very beginning because you brought up uh, CD Head. He's just called CD, yeah. which my I for years I was I was positive on. his name was Discman, which but obviously would have been a, a copyright <laughs> infringement of the Sony company and they can be very litigious. But I'm yeah. going to keep calling him yeah. Discman. You can't stop me. Pass a law if you need to. I he's literally yeah. a guy who shoots CDs out of his mouth and cuts you up with them. Yep. He's called CD, aka in my head canon, Discman. Um, this yeah. man, yeah, but there's Butterball, uh, but yeah, Butterball is original canon. Butterball, he's yeah. got those cool shades because his future's so bright. He's just like a fat, he's just like yeah. a fat guy because his future's so bright. <laughs> he's, he's just like a he's just a cool guy with weird oh, glasses, yeah, on. you know, yeah. The, the ex- it's accessories is one of the things that makes <laughs> the original Cenobites so confusing. It's like, where do you get these yeah. clothes? Who makes them? Do they get washed? What if they get torn? 
You know what I mean? Having clothes puts you in a society. That's what's so confusing about yeah. it. It's like you have to be in a place that has maintenance, that has departments. Yeah. So you're not doing these yeah. yourself. Somebody is building these for you and putting them on you. So there's got to be at least a lady named Janet somewhere who's very good at mending leather. Are yeah. there are there hell a, cows? Well, are there regular cows that get pulled to hell? Are there do, are there the cows that are committing atrocities on Earth that get turned into these costumes? Where's this leather coming from? Yes, there's there are there are animal centibites in the comic books. Yeah, I'm I know there's a ton, ton of stuff <laughs> in the comic books. If I crack those pickles, we're gonna have to eat way too many of them. It's just we can't even <laughs> can't even go there. Yeah, CD CD and Camerahead Man. Cameraman, camerahead. Those that I for, I forget if that's the third one or the fourth one. You, well, you know that better than me because after two, I'm really yeah. lost in the shuffle. Um, it's it was it was just they just show up on the street and they were a camera crew like uh, that got cenobited. Yeah, like on the spot. And that's not like even as even as like a 14 year old who's just looking at cool shit. I I knew like this is really dumb and that's not how Cenobites are born. <laughs> yeah. It's a long, arduous yeah. process. Yeah, you have to, yeah. that, that you have makes to have your psyche like rendered away things. so you yeah, don't remember who you are and you become a total a manifestation yeah, of the will yeah. of you the labyrinth. You don't just have your camera shoved in <laughs> your head <laughs> and turn around and have no facial expression and become really good at you know ADHD masking or whatever the fuck. No, it's it's not. A, yeah, you you have to have your soul stripped away. And, you know, and see your family burn in flames for yeah. a million years or whatever the fuck so that you no longer are able to express emotion. Um, yeah. <laughs> Except the pain you have wrought. All right. Well, then, Gavin, we've gotten to the point where I have to ask you, are the Cenobites from 2022's restart of the Hellraiser franchise... Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it Bitchin' Van Art? B-B-Bitchin' um, Van Art. Bitchin Are Van they Art. Bitchin' Van Art? Y- yeah? Yeah! Um, I... The thing is, like, maybe not. <laughs> I don't think they're bitchin'. Because... Pr- I, you, no! I, no! Here's a weird, here's a weird standing on two sides of a line... I almost think uh-huh. that the Doug Bradley industrial leather ones are bitchin' van art, but these are not. Yeah. Am I right yeah. about that? Is like it's the clothes. It's the yeah, because like the, <laughs> because, because the thing is they don't have any clothes. As ridiculous on. as they are, the Doug the Doug Bradley era 1980s and beyond Cenobites, they do look like a squad. <laughs> Who can like stand yeah. there together and cross their arms and like disapprove of this industrial yeah. DJ's set that's playing at DOS Bunker in Los Angeles? That, but <laughs> where, whereas all of these are so effectively il- illustrated as being nightmare monstrosities from another reality that you cannot be air to bear to, yeah, to view for another moment that. Yeah, they're forces of ultimate nature. Yeah, they're not cool under any depiction. Yeah, it's not cool. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. It's it's, and I mean that as a compliment. Is is you all have succeeded in making them truly just awful, and and yeah, it's it like worked. King Kong, King Kong would be bitchin' Van Art, but like 
a bunch of gorillas beating the shit out of something would not <laughs> Right, be. whereas one is genuinely more terrifying because it might happen. You know, like, yeah. two gorillas yeah. might rip you apart limb from limb. Like, you should be yeah. way more uh, afraid of actual gorillas than King Kong. But <laughs> King Kong yeah. is more likely to be bitchin' fan art than actual yeah. gorillas. So... Well See, played. That's, this is why bitch and van art is a valid thing. It's, <laughs> it, it, I don't know what we're learning to understand, but we're learning to understand something. And I know, and, and it's not to say that they're not iconic. They're still and iconic. I'm gonna, you know, honestly, I like these. I think that they more successfully achieve what is needed for the film than the Doug Bradley version. But maybe it's just an, maybe it's a, a a thing that has to do with time. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe in the eighties, Doug Bradley in yeah. a in a nippleless suit was the way to go, and we just well, weren't we yeah, were not prepared for a the, vagina a, pulled a seven of, ways from Sunday and ripped over like thrown over your back. You know what I mean? Yeah, a bunch of surreal, terrible bullshit. Like it was happening back then, but not at the rate it was fucking happening yeah. now. Like, of course, they they had an actor as the president and everything was kind of goofy, <laughs> but there was still kind of like a, a maintenance of some type of order. It's like, this is all terrible, but it's still like, but it's still like categorized. Yeah. All right. And now everything is so fucking nutball goofy. Yeah. That you need a new Cenobite without the clothes. <laughs> yep. Found it. <laughs> we have we yep. have solved reality. Okay. Well, turns out the new Cenobites not bitchin Vanabar bitchin The new Cenobites yeah. are bitchin are not bitchin Van Art. The old Cenobites weirdly yeah. very similar, but they are bitchin Van Art. You get one for free, folks. Yep. <clears throat> Whoever is keeping our uh, Excel spreadsheet of these, uh, good luck fitting that in there. Uh, good luck. Good luck fitting <laughs> that in there. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh eating dessert fluff, and enjoy this Cenobite vibe on your fucking Christmas vacation. <laughs> and, and if you would be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five star review on iTunes or whatever format that you listen to us on, give us the highest rating thing, because, I mean, even if you liked it a little, just do that, you know. Yeah, five um, flayed genitals. I also, yeah, I also, myself, Gavin Longshanks, have a Twitch channel and a YouTube channel, I'm gonna be putting more and more stuff on that as the holidays die. <laughs> Share an episode on your favorite <laughs> social media and hit up our Instagram with image, with four or images to go along with each episode. And if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at Patreon this holiday season. We could really use the help. It would be super awesome if you did at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song, her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been others. And we have been <laughs> slicing the invisible and bugs off of our skin for the last three hours to know. Angel, we've been. Result. Um. 
the Cinnabites, the new breakfast cereal, alongside Fruit Brute. There's a Count Chocula. There's a and million genitals in every can. Yeah, there's a mil. <laughs> there's a million sensations in every spoonful, and every spoonful is five spoonfuls. In, and they go in your butt. <laughs> they go in your butt. They it's, make a, it's new a butt mouth. spoon. <laughs> I have five mouths, and yet I must have five mouths. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I have ten <laughs> mouths, yet I must poop. Okay, all right. Let's out, yeah, get out. I've, I eat too much. <laughs> I'm going to eat too much cereal. Uh, colon blow. That's my Cenobite theme. Colon blow. Stopping <laughs> the recording. Uh, spoons and bowls and, and uh, brightly colored mar mush marshmallows popping out of me. <laughs> Breakfast bites. <laughs> oh, <laughs> happy holidays. <laughs>